Welcome to the Arterburn Radio Transmission. I am your host, Tony Arterburn. I am broadcasting in defiance of globalist goblins, the neocons, and the New World Order. And I have my co-pilot, co-host, Beans the Brave in studio, but joined uh, via StreamYard, I have Billy Ray Valentine, uh, host of the Infinite Fringe podcast, uh, co-host of America Unplugged, uh, my very good friend uh, from the Bronx, New York, truth seeker, researcher, all the stuff that is in his uh, his bio on the intro to America Unplugged. I appreciate you being here, Billy. Welcome back to the show. Oh, man, thank you for having me. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. It's It's been busy. You and I have been talking about that, and thanks for coming in last minute. Um, I've been working my shop and getting people precious metals. You know, we're watching the uh, financial order of things, the geopolitical order of things change. Right. It's happening rapidly. It's uh, right before our eyes. And so I wanted to get your get you on because I know you've been studying the BRICS nations, uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, soon to be Saudi Arabia. Uh, I think that the mainstream media, the culture at large is sleepwalking into this, if that makes any sense. So we'll get yeah. a little bit into that in today because uh, we know what the headlines are. And it's not that right. right? It's not the it's not the emerging new financial world order the headlines are drudge right now and <laughs> I, no matter what i do i cannot get away from having to talk about donald trump and uh <laughs> I, I, it's good to have you on for it um <laughs> it really is because you, everybody knows my background i mean uh i come out of the the paleo conservative right. Um, I have, you know, broadcasted for many years. I ran as a Republican, conservative Republican, um, you know, an old school Ron Paul, Pat Buchanan type. So I supported Trump in 2016. And we can talk about him just briefly. 
but he's all over the place. And it's, it is interesting how he just always is reinserted back into the national conversation. Uh, it almost seems like convenient, like to cover up what's really going on. And I know that, uh, you know, if you, I'm on regular talk radio, so I'm sure I have a lot of detractors and people that are thinking I'm crazy because I'm not talking about this in a, in a way that is uh, favorable. Uh, even though I do believe there's like persecution here and this is odd and all the rest, but there's something else to this. Uh, and we'll get into that. And, and, you know, the, the background, obviously I don't come, I'm not a Ben Shapiro. I don't have Trump derangement syndrome. I wasn't a never Trumper. I wrote articles for him. You know, I, I supported him early, uh, yeah. out of all the congressional candidates that ran in, in 20, uh, 14, I was the first uh, one to, to officially endorse. I mean, this is all on the record. I talked about him on my show for years. So I'm not coming at this when we talk about Trump. I'm not coming at it from, uh, you know, a neocon kind of, uh, you know, uh, Johnny come lately or, you know, jumping in and on and off the bandwagon. That's just coming from the heart of analysis. Um, of course, anybody that knows me, I fill in for David Knight. So <laughs> David Knight's not going to have anybody on that is still in the, the cult of personality with this guy. Right. But I want to be honest. I mean, I think the, the broad people know my heart, they know my values they know what I support. Uh, you and I are not the same. We, we have good values. I think we have similar belief structures. Um, I think we believe that there's good and there's evil and right and wrong. And, and that's why you're one of my very good friends. Uh, one of my closest friends. Um, you come at this at a different perspective, like politically you're from New York. You've seen this guy, you know, you've always been skeptical. So we, we have different opinions. So I want to start the show off. We've got this indictment, 34 counts um, out, of, out of New York, uh, the district attorney there, and uh, Soros funded, and we've gone over that before. But we, we know the score. Um, just want to get your opinion. What, what is it that, because let's, let's rephrase the question. If I go to conservative talk radio, they're going to say that, Trump sealed the border. He bring up, he brought all the jobs back. He's amazing. He stopped all the wars. Uh, he was surrounded and all this stuff and he couldn't do anything about the deep state and whatever. Uh, I don't buy any of that. Um, because I'm sorry, I read and, uh, I understand what's, I'm sorry. I, you know, I have, I have analytical abilities of my brain. And so I don't, I don't buy that. And I'm not just, you know, surface level reading into things, but what is it, Billy, that animates the political establishment to go after this guy when he really doesn't pose any threat to them? I'm going to throw it to you. Well, you know, you know what I'm going to do is on, on Tuesday, I just so happen to be off. So uh, the and I have a very busy week next week, but uh, the gods have uh, cleared a way for me to go down and witness this with my own eyes and i will attempt to uh you know uh maybe maybe get some footage of what i see down there and maybe we can put it up on america unplugged but it, it's gonna be a circus i'm assuming i i don't know how many people are actually going to show up to protest but i know a lot of people are going to show up to see so uh, i'll be there to witness it now with with with, with mr trump man um you know, and and this is part of the reason so many in the alternative that follow the alternative media um, still attach themselves to the Trump wagon or at least give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Because they say, look at his enemies. 
That's all you need to know. Look at his enemies. Look at the people that hate him. Look at who's going after him, right? Um, and and this is the reason so many still believe in in a lot of the um, I, I call them Q narratives because they came out of out of QAnon, but they've you know people will say we don't uh, associate with Q with QAnon, but they they still believe a lot of QAnon principles, right? And uh, and this is why so many still believe that the election was rigged and there's no way Donald Trump could have lost it, right? Because um, they look at this guy through a completely different angle and, and there's a bubble, there's fears of influences to, to say, the, I mean, to put it in, in, in that fashion of, of where people decide to concentrate their ideas and their minds and what they want to listen to. So they sit there and they listen to it. And if you are stuck in the conservative world, right? And in, in, in the far right world and a lot of the alternative media, you are going to hear the same things over and over again. And they're all you're hearing. And when you're hearing those things, you're like, it has to be true, right? He must have won by a landslide. He had to have because people love this guy. Look, we have freaking, uh, like you say all the time, the, the boat parties, people right. are losing their minds, right? No one has boat, party, boat parties for Biden. This is true. No one has, but nobody cares about Joe Biden. The thing is, and here in New York, um, I, I've been fortunate. I love this city. I've been fortunate enough, enough to live here. But more importantly, I, I've been fortunate enough to, to, to see this guy for a long time in my life. And I understand who Donald Trump is. And there's a lot of New Yorkers that understand who Donald Trump is. And we get blamed. We get, we get accused of being liberals. A lot of people here in New York are liberals, right? But as soon as you say something bad about Donald, you're a liberal, you're crazy, you're, you, you voted for Hillary Clinton, all types of nonsense, right? That's the way the game is designed to be played, right? As soon as you, right. So, so um, the, the reason why, and it's a very simple reason, that there is, there, there is the political aspect to it, right? But the, the reason why um, the establishment hates Donald Trump is because he is hateable, right? And some people say, no, he's not, we love him. But there's a whole nother half of the country that is outside that sphere of influence. They might be in another uh, sphere of influence, but they're still outside of yours, right? They hate this man with every fiber in their being. You want to call it Trump derangement syndrome? Go right ahead. But it's a reality, Right? So whether whether or not it's based in in um in fact or or it's just based in on pure emotion, most of what's going on here is based on pure emotion, on both sides or whatever side you stand on. People hate Donald Trump. They've been trying to get him for years on something. He's Teflon. He's the Teflon Don. That's what they call him here in New York, right? We all know about that if you're if you're a mobster fan and all this other stuff. Everything slides right off them. They can't, they can't get him. And the guy's a criminal. He, he is a, crim, a, a, a career criminal. He has backstabbed so many people. He's done deals with the mob in order to be able to build here. There's at least 30 women that have accused him of rape. The, the guy's not a good guy, but somehow they've managed to, to get, in particular, my, my home, the people in the alternative media, to, to just follow this man which I don't understand. But, but what I do understand from being here, and that's why I never really got on board, even though I was hoping kind of on the sidelines that it was a real thing. 
I never got on board because, man, it's Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 it can't, this can't be, this can't be a thing. But um, the, the Democrats who he points the finger at and craps on every chance he gets, and he is a, a lifelong Democrat from New York. I, I want you guys to realize, especially the conservatives out there, you're supporting a liberal disguised as a conservative. And that's not even, he's not even doing a good job at being a conservative. So I, I don't understand that aspect of it. But the guy is a lifelong liberal from New York City, admittedly. He's a chameleon. He'll say whatever needs to be said in order to achieve a goal, whatever that goal may be. Um, so the, the left hates this guy, right? And they want to get him on anything. And he continues to give people um, to give to give the powers that be, whatever powers are against them, he continues to give them ammunition. And while this is bullshit, right? This entire thing is is nonsense. Stormy Daniels has been talking about this for years. For years, it's at least been nine, 10 years that she's been trying to get paid off of this. Right. I think I think she took it to the National Enquirer and they and they rejected it at some point and then they they took it back or whatever. Listen, Donald Trump did all of this. If you believe for one second, there, there's a rapper, uh, Fagati Blow. He he did the Trump Train song. Uh, it's it's hilarious. You know, go go listen to it. Well, he 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 also did the Matt Gates song, which is also hilarious. Um, and, but he means it. He he is a he calls himself the mayor of Magaville. He means everything he's saying. It's hilarious to me, but other people might like it. Anyway, he put out a new song about the Stormy Daniels uh, case, and he says, you know, we all know Trump never. And he does that, you know, that he never actually engaged with Stormy Daniels in a sexual fashion. It's a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Then what is the what's the NBA about? Right. right. Well, and that I thought that was silly. <laughs> That's I mean, a bunch the, of nonsense. The, the whole thing is is yeah, come on. It's You're bizarre. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, so it's psychological. Right. It's like a what's the Warshop test? You know, like what do you see when you look at this picture? You know, like <laughs> right. People see different things. I I don't see anything anymore. I just don't even. It's like we have to talk about it because it's it, it continues to the saga continues, but it it really is. It's taken on a life of its own. It's far exceeded what you know. You were right. I remember back in 2020, and and you know we could see that nothing was going to happen with stop the steal. They, I mean, clearly constitutionally they hadn't made any moves that they, they weren't they didn't have a, a legal team they had they had released the crack in Sidney Powell and and Rudy Giuliani's you know a hair dye leaking into his face that's the only thing they had right. and I thought wow they're really not even trying here right and then you find out you know the first eight thousand dollars that you give uh, to the RNC or it goes to to Donald Trump uh right. it doesn't go to the lawyers so we get it, right? Me and you talked at that time and you said, no, I said QAnon will go away and this hopefully this cult of personality will fade and we can get back to first principles. And you said, no, it will continue. And I thought, how? And it does, even after J6, after everything, after Operation Warp Speed, all of it. So, uh, Billy, I, I don't know what to make of it. I, I appreciate your take on it. Uh, I, I, have, I have to ask myself how much of it is an op like how much is it, of it is it to to continue the left right paradigm to where you you invoke sympathy for people, uh, especially those that you feel are on your side? And I mean, we've never seen this before in American history. Right. I mean, a former president. I mean, you look at uh, you know 
Gerald Ford pardoned Nixon on the way out the door. Actually, uh, right after um, Nixon left office in 1974, in August of 74, I mean, it, was, it wasn't that far after that uh, Gerald Ford just said, for the good of the country, you know, for everybody, just pardon him on all things, you know, so there won't be any more trials. It's not good for the country. But people don't think that way anymore. Um, you know, it's kind of like when Trump said, you know, because you'd be in jail. <laughs> I remember. It was, I remember. It was awesome. And I love that. I mean, I was like, this is something next level. You know, he brought all of Bill Clinton's accusers. Right. To the th right. I mean, it was next level. And I thought, wow, this guy really. And then he gets elected. He's, you know, she's a nice person. Yeah. Got That's a nice I family. I paid her to go to my wedding. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, okay. So we're not going to do anything. And I thought, well, I guess that's the way it really works, because that's really been, that's really been the story of American politics is that, yeah, we have corrupt politicians. Yeah, we have corrupt administrations, but you don't mess with the last one. Right. Or the next one. You just kind of let it go, you know, yeah. um, but that's not what they're doing here. And it it I, I can't I can't for the life of me, if it's a thinking person why you, obviously this is going to so let's talk brass tax for politics this helps him does it not i there's a lot of that going on um you know that that's a, this this helps and ultimately it does help but i want and and because people are starting to run away with this again they're like he's going to be the president of you and and it, it, this 2024 is going to be a complete crap show so many people already believe that Donald Trump will inevitably beat whomever they put in front of him. Let me tell you what's going to happen here. It's going to help, but it's only going to help with his base. Those people that maybe already were, were, were a part of the base and decided to separate a little bit, they were like, you know what, this guy, uh, he's a little bit too much. We're going to separate ourselves. This will help bring them back in and reinvigorate the base, right? Those people that are already with him. If people aren't with him, they're not going to get with him, no matter what. There will always be that split. So, I mean, they're, they're using this to, to, um, to continue to hype up the possibility of stop the steal 2024, right? They're, they're saying, look, this is what's going to, oh, my God. Of course, people are going to get behind him. Uh, I, I forgot this guy's name who he, um, he brought on to the government the, as as. You'll think of it, Tone, in a second, but he's one of the guys that was instrumental in invading or trying to invade uh, Venezuela. Um, he brought him in. He was on CNN the other day, and he goes, listen, he's like, be careful what you guys do, because um, by indicting him in New York, you're only going to, is this going to be the turning point in, in when people are saying, damn, this is why he won the 2024 election. You know, this is what, that's, that's not the case here. People who hate him, hate him. Let's remember that. We always argue um, Trump derangement syndrome. If that exists, those people want to see him in jail. They don't care how he gets there. They don't care if it's truthful or not, if it's right or not, if it's legal or not. It's not a thing. They want to see him in jail. That's it. So, so this uh, uh, indictment, right? And on Tuesday, what he's going to go in there, right? They're going to take a, a mug shot and he's going to walk out. It's going to be nothing, right? So this whole deal is only going to serve to reinvigorate the base. And it's going to serve to throw some red meat at the people that already hate him in order to, to, to start up the war for 2024 all over again. 
right what they're doing the only way that we can push back against right. our overlords is through unit unifying right and let the left right paradigm we we play right into their hands beautiful it's it's that's that's what we've been talking about for right. years i try to give my best analysis without emotion i try to take all of it all the disappointment that i saw from 2020 i mean this guy locked us down i don't apologize for saying that because he did it right i didn't do that he did right. he locked us down his emergency order friday the 13th march of 2020 and he handed the country over to anthony fauci i do not forgive him i will never forgive him for that and we all don't care i don't care what he does right i don't care what he thinks he can redeem that i'm i'm done yeah. and the whole you know and you, you can go and just add to that 40 he's printed off 40 percent of all the the dollars ever created in history Gosh. i mean that's why we have broke the supply chains warp speed j6 those people are rotting and you talk about persecuted i mean this is nothing and you it, and again it just serves to it serves our our overlords the psychopaths the bankster class that, that's that's behind the scenes the the power behind the throne that's what it serves and i'm sick of it but i wanted to bring you on because i you know without emotion <laughs> I, i'm trying not to have any emotion but i see this guy and he pops up and i'm like okay so what else is going on right let's right. switch gears that's the story that everybody wants you to talk about i gave it 21 minutes you're welcome nice. you're you're welcome all of those <laughs> all is like let's tune in and see what tony thinks about the indictment uh-oh i disappointed you again this is why i'm independent <laughs> i've been on radio for i i talked yesterday i um if, for those who haven't subscribed to the podcast go to the podcast channel i put an eight minute clip up there yesterday i read and i need to send it to you billy mm -hmm. i read the the first article i ever had uh published and it was uh 10 years ago uh this month and it was about the at that time it was the 10th anniversary of the iraq war which is now 20 years right and i served in that i was part of the tail end of the invasion and i have a personal story that went with that and so that was my rebuttal 10 years ago if you it's a it's from the heart it's a little piece of my heart. It's up on, on the uh, on the podcast channel forever. I immortalized it so you can go and listen to it. And I put that up there because that's what matters to me is getting to the getting to the heart of the matter, uh, getting to the truth. And I'm happy for the what I've done in broadcasting. But I know for a fact that I lose people and I'm OK to do that. Um, which you should ask yourself if you're turning me off. I saw we got a bad review the other day on America Unplugged. It was like, these guys just have Trump derangement syndrome. It's one star, you know, like uh, they won't. And I'm thinking, well, let me ask you a question. Is there profit in what we're doing? I mean, do you realize how unprofitable it is <laughs> for me to, for me to have ad, uh, adverse, you know, uh, any sort of um, uh, opinion that goes against MAGA? Do you realize how much money I left on the table? Yeah, a fortune. So you ask yourself, why would I do that? Why would Billy do that? You know, alternative media. I mean, Billy's show is is highly. I mean, his podcast. I mean, you don't brag enough about it, but I know your downloads. I don't know how many people you've reached with the Infinite Fringe. Think about how much you gave up because you got to talk about what's on your heart. Right. Think how much I gave up. I remember, like, I lost like seventy five percent of my audience in twenty twenty because I kept telling them what was going to happen. The last time I hosted for Infowars, and I'm not. <laughs> The last time I hosted for InfoWars, uh, there was a comment on there, and I always laugh about it. Uh, I remember I got, you know, it's, it's negative comments don't hurt me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. It, it doesn't hurt me. Um, but I saw one once, and it was uh, it was like, thanks for giving up, Tony, you pussy. Ooh. 
Jesus Christ. And and this was live, you know, like I'm I'm seeing the comments live. And I thought, <laughs> like, well, you don't know me. I mean, it, yeah. so if, if, you know, counterintuitive, why would I do that? Why would I have, why would I give you the best analysis and risk it? Um, so I'm just kind of sick of the whole thing. You know, I'm bitter about it. I mean, I guess I'm not bitter. That's not really the word. I, I'm you're more, I'm confused. You know, what's that? I said you're disappointed. Disappoint, yeah, I'm, dis I'm like, we got to continue to do. So don't you see, you know, and, and again, alternative media has to do this. I mean, that's why nobody in alternative media talked about Ron DeSantis and his uh, his little Republican underlings putting in that censorship bill right. two weeks ago. I brought oh, that up. I said, how come, how come that didn't go anywhere in alternative media? And people thought, well, you're not supposed that's our only hope. This is Ron DeSantis. You right. know, and I'm thinking, oh, here we go again. It's like it, alternative media got captured by the fulcrum of fake right politics man it, it it certainly certainly did um and 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 i'm starting to and this is a realization that's been taking some time but i'm starting to realize that maybe it always came from there <laughs> we just we're just now starting to notice that we've been captured by it but it's always been there you know um regardless um yeah you know we don't report what well, we do uh, why I have to report what I'm thinking. Well, well, I'm not, I can't continue doing a show, whether it be America Unplugged or um, the Infinite Fringe and, and just go along to get along in order to please the people that want to hear what they want to hear. Like, I can't, I can't do that. I just can't. I'm not making any money off of it, you know, and even if I make any money off of it, like I, I'm going to continue to say what I've been saying. Right. I can't I, I'm not going to subscribe to something that's been that I realize has been handed to me or has been put there for me to take. It's bait, you know, and, and I don't believe it. So I'm not going to go with it. So I understand where you're coming from. You wanted to switch gears, brother. Let's do it. What what else is going on? I know I want to switch gears, but then I, I go right back to the to uh, <laughs> to the previous gear. Well, look, I want to I want to dive into what's actually happening. So this isn't this is happening, but this isn't real. I mean, it's again just playing into where we've been. Right. Um, the world's changing. I did a whole show last week. If you want to know how I feel, go replay last week's show. I got I got a lot of views, got a lot of emails on last week's show uh, because it's just kind of stream of consciousness. I'm like, hey, you're gonna get caught off guard. Xi Jinping told Vladimir Putin, goes to Russia and says, We're about to make the biggest change in since the last hundred years. Yeah. And what he's referring to is the global economic world order. Um, they're not interested in Klaus Schwab's vision, from what I can understand. Uh, they've got their own ideas in mind. Uh, you've, you know, you've jumped into the, the inner workings of the BRICS nations. I don't think people realize what that means. It's the, it's the petrodollar, folks. The United States dollar, when Nixon unpegged uh, the dollar from gold in 1971, uh, Henry Kissinger, Richard Nixon, and John Connolly, who was uh, the secretary of the treasury at the time, also happened to be riding in the car with Kennedy when he was murdered by the deep state. Uh, funny story about John Connolly. He, uh, my friend, Ralph Hall, Congressman Ralph Hall, <laughs> was friends with John Connolly and used to give him a, a, a bunch of grief for every, you know, every time he run for re-election, he put that wrist brace on because that's where the magic bullet went into. <laughs> and he would remind people that he had to, you know, he had to put where his wrist brace. So Ralph would always say, I see you, you're running. What are you running for this time? Cause he'd have his brace back on. <laughs> that's something Ralph told me, but you know, anyway, they got together 
and they took us off the gold standard. And so we got to peg it to something. So they did the deal with the Saudis and the Saudi, uh, Saudi Arabia said, well, you know, and OPEC nations that said, well, we'll exclusively uh, turn uh, the oil um, over to whatever country uses dollars. So with these sanctions and just again, fast forwarding to the, our present time, you know, we've devalued the dollar tremendously. The purchasing power is diminished. And that's because we continue to prop up the, the welfare warfare state on a level that I don't think most Americans understand. A um, little bit of background. If you go through our history, you know, 1960s, uh, even with uh, Vietnam and everything, we were at about 38 percent of, of debt to GDP ratio. OK, so GDP, 38 percent of debt, uh, something like that. Or our 38 percent of the debt was to, to equals the GDP. It fluctuated through the 70s, through the 80s, 30, 40%, all the way up to the year 2000. It's at 125% now. We're in uncharted territory. The debt doubles with every administration. That's where we are now. And so it's unsustainable. The world knows that. They're watching us. And they're right before our eyes. And I don't care what the mainstream's talking about because they're missing the point. Right before our eyes, Saudi Arabia has asked to join the BRICS nations. So that means that Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa uh, are going to be BRICS's BRICS with an S, another additional S on the end, <laughs> and other other countries in the periphery. That's over fi like fifty percent of the world's population. We're five percent. Right. We've been bullying the world with our dollar. If you go back to the sanctions that we put on Russia, and Biden would you know stumble out in between episodes of you know, Matlock and soup and whatever they had him doing, uh, <laughs> taking his pills. And he would walk out and say, oh, you know, it's Putin's price hike. Um, you know who's not feeling the Putin's price hike? Russian people. Uh, so he's putting a price hike, I guess, you know, uh, on uh, somebody. But it's not, It's again, that's our price hike. We created the sanctions. We weaponized the dollar. We have uh, 40 different economic sanctions in 36 countries. They're sick of us. And we've done this over and over again, playing the bully. And these other nations are saying, well, we're not safe inside your system. Then the Russian finance minister said, the dollar is candy wrappers. And, then, and if you translate that back into Russian, it really means something worse than that, right? Mm -hmm. So they're, they're done with us. They're taking gold. They're selling stuff at a discount. Uh, a newsflash, th their number one export is energy, right? And so we sabotaged you know, uh, Seymour Hersh with his, uh, journal, you know, his, his, uh, actual journalism, which we are lacking in these days, very few people actually doing it anymore, exposed our involvement in the, um, Nord Stream pipeline terrorism. That's what it is. I mean, we blew it up yeah. and the Biden administration blew it up an act of war an act of terror sabotaging, uh, not only Russia, but Europe. So we're in it really deep. It's not getting better. So when I'm telling people, these are the headlines you should be looking at because in, in it's accelerating Billy. It's, it's going faster than anybody really had talked about. Right. And you just seeing the headlines when you see this has always been my barometer. We talk about stuff, you know, way out, you know, we've been talking case in point, central bank, digital currency, Billy. Yeah. How long have I been talking about that? A couple of years now right. more, right? Right. Now it's being talked about. Well, now it's accelerating, you know, but th the time to have really, you know, killed it in the crib is back then. Now you're going to have to fight it out in the open, but that's what we do because we're not shills for whatever 
military industrial complex or intelligence community that wants us to do what they're bidding. Right. So we're talking about things ahead of time. So I'm watching that. I'm watching the, um, the emergence of the BRICS nations, and I'm telling people, get ready, because your currency is not going to be the world's reserve currency for much longer, and that changes everything. I'm not saying it's catastrophic, but it's damn close. Yeah. And I want to get your thoughts. No, man, um, we, we have a problem, man, you know, um, really. And, and, and the thing is, it's we don't, well, most of us, and me included, we, we, we don't uh, address these things until they're evident in our face, right? And, and we've been talking about it on America Unplugged for some time, and I talk about it privately with Tone, and we're talking, you know, that how the world reserve currency, the dollar is going to be replaced, right? And, and, and you knew it was coming, but still not quite ready for it, you know? But, but uh, I woke up and, and, uh, and I saw this story on one of my favorite Instagram accounts, you know? And, and, uh, and I immediately sent it to Don and Tony. Because that was my first instinct. And I see, you know, China and Brazil cut out the dollar. The, literally, it was ditched, ditched the dollar. You know, that was the headline. And, and I sent it to some other of my friends that don't necessarily engage with stuff like this. And I'm like, you know, we need to get, we need to get ready. It's time. So all of us here in the alternative media and everybody listening right now, it's time to get ready. Um, and and like Tone said, like it's it it may not be catastrophic, but this is going to have a major effect on the way we live and and the way we've known life to be as Americans. It's over, um, and 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 it, it makes me sad to say that I would like to see the United States regain some of this stuff, but I really don't see how this is possible at this point. I think it's past. We've passed the point of no return. Um, China is is relentless at making uh the yuan the world reserves currency that's what that's their goal and they look like they're trying to achieve it right they uh they've they're in alliance with the rest of the BRICS nations right and and brazil is one of them um saudi arabia is also showing um interest in dealing in the yuan now um 41 countries around the world i didn't know this man 41 countries already do it. So th th this isn't uh, anything new. This is just the biggest one now. And it's like glaring. Uh, so now uh, the mainstream has decided to somewhat reveal it, even though, like Tony was saying, it's covered. But it's really not covered. You know, I, I thought I'd see CNN do something about it. Nope. I thought I'd see Fox News do something about it. Uh-uh. I haven't seen Tucker Carlson do anything about it either. I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. Maybe he did report on it. I don't know, but I haven't seen it. There was um, a there was a small um, bit mm. that Fox did on it. I think Monica Crowley was on. Um, mm. That was on an article from Zero Hedge two days ago. But it's not getting major coverage. No, it's like no. they're just making sure they're of record. Like, oh yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, <laughs> like it's. Check out. Oh, oh no, 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 we're really good at what we do. Like putting yeah. it on at one in the a.m. or in the morning. And, so, and they don't give any any deep analysis on it. They don't. They're not really telling you exactly what's going on. They just give you like a like a quick headline. Oh, this happened. Moving on. Donald Trump is about to get a. You know. I know. Arrested. This is what drives me nuts. You know, let's talk about that. You know, and and whatever else. You know, whatever else nonsense comes up. Um, but you know who is covering it? Outside news outside of the United States. 
Go go listen to Indian news. <laughs> they are covering it, bro. You know, oh, yeah. uh, uh, in Brazil, in Russia, it's being covered. And in, in one of the um the Indian outlets that I was watching, man, literally, they were like, "This is the beginning of the end of the dollar of American dominance of of American economic dominance over the world." They said, uh, uh, "The yuan, right, is is the the one that's making the push." But they also made reference to the rupee. They're like, we are pushing forward with this one. And, and it's being, uh, with this currency is being accepted by other countries. 18 other countries are open to or already dealing with India. It, it's, it's, this is happening slowly, but now it's not so slow. Now it's accelerating. Like the ball is picking up steam when it's coming down a mountain. You know, and, and the best we can do here, I, you know, and, and, I don't want to be pessimistic, and and Tony, feel free to correct me. I hope you I hope you feel differently about it. I I don't think. I don't think there's any way to avoid it. I think at this point, what we need to do is put ourselves as a people in a better position, in a way to capitalize on this thing. In every crisis, right? There are people who rise above and yeah. create wealth for themselves, and uh, and inevitably for the rest of the people around them, right? So maybe we can do something like that. It's the only yeah. attitude right. you can have. Tell me about it. It's done. Right. It's done. Yeah. Uh, I don't even care if their simulations are showing that if they start World War III, that they're going to save it, because I don't think even that will do it. Right. I think that uh, we'll lose that, and we'll be even worse off. Uh, the gamble, the time to have fixed this was decades ago. Right. And I, I happen to think, because I uh, subscribe to the conspiratorial theory of history because i think that's actually the smartest way to to go about because i don't think history just happens with everything bumping into each other people plan uh those who have power power is where power goes um and it corrupts absolutely and i think you look at the top and they've planned this and there's been an inside job um taking america down um i think it's artificial but i think that you know from the the inception of the trilateral commission in 1973 and you look at the timeline everything that followed uh, since has been uh, uh, a a further downward downward spiral, if you will, um, to reference. Isn't that a Nine Inch Nails reference? Yeah, uh, the dope <laughs> album, the downward spiral. Yes, I just thought of that. So you know, we've got <laughs> we've got evidence to show in if you you know reverse engineer our decline that little things were done along the way and nothing was done to save us from it. Um, it's, we elongated the problem, you know, <laughs> we flattened the curve, whatever we flattened our, our future, um, by, you know, giving away our manufacturing by, uh, debasing our currency. You know, it's like, if you, if you want to destroy a country as Vladimir Lenin said, you first debauch its currency, mm -hmm. Well, we're debauching the currency. It started in 1965, uh, when we took the silver out of the coinage it, uh, again, in 71, Nixon took us off the gold standard. Um, all of these the untethering of value uh, put us on this footing. And now we've got, like I said, we're 125% of, of debt to GDP ratio. That's never happened to us before. We've never been in this situation. It's accelerating. The debt is uh, off the charts that we can't recover that. The, F the Federal Reserve is in a spot where now they have a choice to make. Neither one of them are good. They can continue to cut rates and make a strong dollar so the purchasing power remains strong for those who use it internationally, or they can save the economy. If they save the economy, they're gonna have to pump in uh, quantitative easing and to put in trillions of dollars of new currency units into the marketplace 
to prop up our market that no longer works on profit. They work on ESG. They work on environmental social governance and this Marxian dystopic view of the world's richest people like Larry Fink and BlackRock, right? There is no way out of this for the Fed. They can either prop up, like I said, prop up the world's reserve currency for a while and keep a strong dollar or save the economy. Either one wrecks that wrecks what we have. So I think they'll choose the propping up the dollar, not the economy. My opinion. I don't think they can't do both. So I think they will choose to keep the dollar strong. The winners and losers have already been picked. We're going to go through a recession or something like that or worse. And uh, there's going to be a lot of culling of those companies. And that's where you'll see like the, the cheap, the cheap capital that flowed around that made silly things, you know, uh, like NFTs and all this stuff. That's all going away. Yeah. Uh, easy money going away. Uh, easy credit going away. All that stuff. I think it will, it will uh, go down the tubes. And uh, unfortunately that's really going to hurt a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but they will, they will retain for a while. The, the world's reserve currency, but that is just for a while, just holding on because nothing is going to change unless we had drastic monetary um, reform. Right. You know, people would have to understand it and we'd have to have, but if you look at Congress, that's not going to happen. I mean, have you seen these people? I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I, there is, there is, I mean, there's no brain power there. There's, there's nothing there. I mean, th- let's talk about this you know, kind of going for you, the changing world order, they, they've got us. And this is so, it's so typical. I remember my last time that I was on Infowars, I interviewed Gerald Salente. I need to pull that interview up because it was a great interview. And you know what we talked about in 2020? What was that? We talked about the emerging hostility coming out of the right and the, the establishment for China. Mm. As I, as a, and I said, this is fake. Because they, we all know that how much China owns and how much what they their influence and what their connection to international banking is. I, we talked, me and Gerald talked about that and how they're going to, they're setting this up, right? As uh, a boogeyman. And they sure are. And you go you look at these uh, show trials with TikTok. And how is it that in, you know, the, the last uh, the, or the, the last day in March here in 2023, Billy, how is it that I'm defending TikTok? <laughs> how is it that I, I mean, what kind of fresh hell is this where I have to defend TikTok? Um, because- I will tell you one thing to that point and, 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 and hold your thought. Don't forget it because I want to hear it. But um, I, I was looking at I was watching some of the TikTok trial, uh, whatever the hell you call it. Uh, the, the, the guy from TikTok was talking. Right. And um he uh he went ahead and Adam from uh, Deborah Gets Red Pill sent me this. He's like, listen to it, just listen to the whole. And I started listening to it, and I'm like, wow, this guy. Um, re- I mean, he's really well spoken. The dude knows what he's talking about. No joke. Very knowledgeable guy. And he sits there and he goes, with all due respect to to the Americans, um, we do uh, security on these social media sites better than you do. And he's like, he said, uh, let's look at Facebook. Let's look at Instagram. And then he said the magic words in my book. He says, don't, uh, do you remember Cambridge Analytica and what happened with, and I was, wow, what, what can I say? You know, what can I, what can I say? The dude called them out, you know, for the, the hip, how hypocritical they are because they're cool 
you know, uh, with with spying on their own people through these platforms. Right. And they can do all of that, um, you know, but uh, when it's done by other governments, it's a problem. It's a problem either freaking way. Don't spy on the people. You know, the, the, how hypocritical these people are or whatever. But when he pulled out Cambridge Analytica, you know, some people in there, like Lauren Bobard probably had no idea what the hell he was talking about. But there were some people there that did, you know, and and uh, the, the data harvesting and how they were able to manipulate people with that information. Now, I understand that no matter what TikTok says, uh, if the Chinese government wants to get their hands on that information, they will. So it's, it's, it's a really tough situation. Um, because a lot of people make their living off of TikTok here in America. I can honestly say that I've never been on that side. I have no idea what it is. I see things that are done through TikTok on Instagram, but I've never been on TikTok itself. So it's it's a whole thing. But uh, but the guy made, brought up some really great points. I was very happy with that guy, with that interview. Well, again, you you look at the amount of spying and collusion unconstitutional illegal collusion right Uh, the the merger of government and corporations that you've had with uh with these big tech companies right um clearly getting taking orders from the government uh from from the executive branch to censor people yeah uh to to disclose people's information i mean look at the origin stories of these big tech companies we're streaming out on some of them now i mean i've been banned on so many i don't know i can't keep up with it i'm shadow like i don't even i've been shadow banned so much on twitter i'm, I'm surprised i exist anymore i mean i have thousands of followers and be like you got no likes i'm like is that possible you know is that i mean <laughs> these are these are real people i didn't buy them mm-hmm. i didn't buy i didn't buy the likes or I didn't, they're not bots these are right. people that I, i've had for years but nothing happens uh when i put it put a post out and i don't expect it to happen um TikTok, you know, I, we joined TikTok for like a few weeks ago to do uh, videos for for Wise Wolf, like you know, and because I reach a lot of people, like here, right. you know, I put it, it's just funny. It's intellectually um, weak and shallow. Uh, I can't stand it when I get see these uh, these opportunist politicians like like uh, uh, Howley in Missouri. He's like, we're gonna ban, we need to ban TikTok. They're spying on Americans. I'm like, well. You know, the Chinese didn't create the Patriot Act. The Chinese yeah. didn't burn women and children alive in Waco. The Chinese didn't shoot Vic, Vicki Weaver in the head while she was holding her baby at Ruby Ridge. I don't have any problem with them. Uh, they've never taken any of my freedom. The Chinese government didn't cook up a lie and uh, send me off to war in Iraq. Right. That was my government. You know, and sent thou- you know hundreds of thousands right. of America's best, in my opinion, some of the best patriots out there, uh, to go fight on a lie, because it was a lie, and it was unnecessary, and it was immoral, and I watched it happen. Yeah. So no, China didn't do that to me, and and Russia didn't do that to me. Russia didn't take away the fu- the economic opportunity and future and regulate everything to the hilt. Uh, they, they, you know, they didn't give us the Federal Reserve. I'm just keeping thinking all this stuff that I'm supposed to be mad at China about. That's where they want your mind. Yeah. They want it directed outward. And I'm just sorry. I mean, the, history is is playing out just as they want it to, in my opinion. Like this has been a war game. Uh, you know, you go to that video of uh, Fauci going around Washington D.C. They run up against that one black gentleman, and he says. 
he goes, uh, I don't trust your, your vaccine. Right. Uh, because that you, you can't just roll something out that quickly. He goes, well, actually we've been working all this for 20 years. And I thought, yes, you have Piece you little of weasel right. operation, dark winter. It's exactly 20 years to when he was talking to that, when he's talking about that guy in DC. Yeah. And I thought you guys have been war gaming. It's all, it, it's all internal, but they want you focused external and, and you get these brain dead, uh, politicians at whatever the hell they are the pa the parasite class and they just come out and say oh no it's it's somebody else and we have to be at war uh it, it's it's china china did it it's you know come out of the, the lab you know all this stuff. it's just over and over again billy and it's clearly uh a deflection and a way for you to focus on outside and not inside and not hold people accountable well, they, they've they've built this up. They've built up the boogeyman, like you said, right? And and China is the boogeyman for the right, and Russia is the boogeyman for the left. Meanwhile, uh, Russia and China are working together to replace the dollar, and um, we're over here pointing <laughs> at at who's who. Like, oh no, it's that one. No, it's that one. You know, I mean, the American experiment uh, had its run. It 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 did really well for a while, and then it fell apart. Um, we are a decadent people. We are lazy. We are spoiled. And, and you know what? I was looking at that the other day when I was going to go get lunch. I, I, I walked out of my job and I'm, I'm walking to get some lunch and I'm paying $13 for a salad, right? 13 bucks. And that's a freaking bargain here in New York for the type of salad that I got. It's normally about $19, $20 in the city. I was in the Bronx, so I got it for 13. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking around. And, um, you know, everybody's in apartment buildings and some people have their little houses or whatever. And I'm like, you know what, man? We complain about being broke. We complain about working uh, for, for the small wages that we get. And they're all legit gripes. But still, by far, as a people, we are so freaking rich compared to the rest of the world that I can afford a $13 salad Every day if I want to, you know, or, or I can go get uh, French fries and whatever the hell I want to get and get fat as hell, right? That's why we have so many health problems uh, around here. Because while we struggle here and we realize it's the struggle, people outside of this country are struggling 10 times more than we are. And we see homelessness here and we see some real poverty here. Go down to Mexico, go down to Honduras. You will see some crazy, crazy crap. And when they come up here and they live in a small ass apartment and they're able to buy a salad, they're like, wow, man, I said, this is, I've made it because that's how different it is. So that, that, that's, that's what makes America soft. We are a product of our own success. We've been so successful that we've become soft as a result. And maybe it's by design, right? Cause, cause uh, there could have been a way to build on the, uh, to build on that success in a way that was productive for everyone, but uh, that's not the way it went. Um, and, uh, and that's why we are in the crapper when it comes to health. That's why we are in the crapper when it comes to education, you know, and, and everything else. Right. We, we have lost our way. As, as Americans, and this is what, and it reflects on the world stage. Everybody sees it except us for the most part. I, I, I want to thank God for everything that I have, everything. It's not a lot, 
But I thank the Lord for it. I appreciate it, you know? And, and I realize that while I am far from even being halfway rich, I have more than, I don't know, 95% of the world. Yeah. You know? Oh, we have so much to be grateful for. You know, I mean, I, I, people talk about, I'm self-made. <laughs> I, I find that just hilarious. Uh, I've watched, I know I watched my dad struggle. I watched my, I watched my grandfathers. I watched them work. I know what work is. You know, I know what, right. what stress is. My dad used to call it the, call it the pressure cooker. You know, like he just right. so many, so many bills to pay, so many payrolls to make all that stuff. And I, I think about it now. And I mean, I bought my first new car uh, just cause I feel like there's going to be not a chance for me to get another, another car anytime. It's first new car I bought since I was 28. I'm 43. Yeah. I don't, I usually don't buy things for myself. And I went out and I got the last great American muscle car. I went and got oh. the, the Dodge, they're not making the Dodge Challenger anymore. So I got the V8. I got the Hemi, you know, I showed you a picture Yeah. No. and I was driving down the road the other day. I was like, I got the sunroof on it and I thought, you know, I get to drive into the dystopic apocalypse in the last great American muscle car. It's pretty cool. I'm, thank you, God, you know, for allowing Fantastic. me to get where I can afford. I got, again, I don't buy a lot of things for myself. I wear the same shirts over again. I mean, I, I, I clean up nice, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I'm not over, I'm not overly indulging in things because I realize the finality of stuff. And I realize, um, cause this all can go away. You know, right. I mean, uh, you make the wrong person mad. I mean, everything's so fragile. But so I, I am thankful. Um, and part of the responsibility of knowing the things that I feel like I know for a reason is talking to people about these really serious things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not good at a lot of things, but I'm good at finding trends. I really am. I'm sorry. You know, whatever people, whatever you may think about me, I'm wrong about a bunch of stuff in my own life, but I'm right about macro stuff a great deal. Um, not bragging, just saying, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, sometimes I'm, sometimes I'm calling it. And, uh, so I'm seeing that right now. And this is where, this is where we are. We have opportunity in the chaos, Bill. We got opportunity in the chaos to, to serve others, to start our own business, uh, to come up with an idea. You know, there's, there's not, there's lots of stuff that we can do to spread information. It's not the end of the world. It's the end of the American empire. It's the end of the hegemonic dominance, of the American petrodollar. And you know what? That's okay. We, we didn't do well with it. Uh, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, weak we men go. create hard times. Right. right. We're in the third one right now. We're, we're right there. <laughs> and, and that's, that's where, we, and you know, some of it, again, there's the, there's the orchestrated part of this that I believe is exist in the mechanism, the ghost in the machine, if you will, is the conspiracy to bring us down. And then there's the goofballs, the people that actually believe their own BS, you know, like they think, they think the show goes on forever and the party never ends, but that's not how this works. You know, um, I, I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. One of the speechwriters for Richard Nixon was named Herbert Stein. He was an economics speechwriter. And uh, he came up with a quip, and Pat Buchanan always brings it up. It's kind of a half joke, but it's called Herbert Stein's Law. And Herbert Stein's Law is, if it cannot go on forever, it will stop. And I'm going to throw it to you, Billy. Uh, final thoughts, and then we're going to end the transmission. We just got to get ready, man. We, we got to get ready for what's coming, and, and uh, the, the symptoms are there. 
you know, so there's no use in denying it at this point. And it's not fear porn. It's not being blackpilled. It's just being realistic. We can come out on top. We really, really can, especially knowing what we know. We are in what I, I, I want to say the 1% right now. Just this conversation, right? Just this conversation is already far and beyond what, what 99% of Americans have gotten out of this. So we're in a better position already. So let's capitalize on it. Let's figure out how we can come out on top, how we can use this uh, to uplift ourselves, our family, and our people. Yeah. I'm going to try to do it. Well, Billy, I appreciate your words of wisdom today. Thanks always for, for joining the show. Uh, the Infinite Fringe, folks, go find it where podcasts are found. Uh, this is one of the best shows that you, if you haven't heard it, then you're missing out. Uh, Billy is, uh, I know this man. I know his heart. I know his character. I know his brain. And uh, it is uh, something to respect, uh, something that you're going to want to make a part of your listening experience in your life, and you'll be better off for it, in my opinion. Um, we also have America Unplugged. So follow us over on Rockfin or anywhere podcasts are found for America Unplugged every Saturday with the legendary Don Jeffries, uh, kind of a McLaughlin group if everybody had a tinfoil hat. <laughs> and I'm proud of that. I've always wanted to be on on some type of a panel show like that. And I think we cover a lot of bases and I think the there's a lot of diversity in the opinions. So uh, really, it's a smart show and I'm proud of that show. Uh, let's go over gold and silver prices real quick. If you want to know what the spot price is for the yellow metal, well, I guess my computer's not going to allow me to, to click on that. Oh, there he is. Uh, the yellow metal gold, 1,970 Luciferian Bankster notes. <laughs> per troy ounce 1970 federal reserve notes fiat dollars per troy ounce for gold i still think that's cheap uh watch your history folks uh silver 24 dollars and seven cents totally ridiculous uh that price is insane uh, it's estimated that there is one ounce of physical gold for every uh <laughs> one ounce of, for every 240 sold on the, the paper exchanges so mm. do the math Look at your history. We'll do more shows on gold and silver on the Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto Show very soon. Uh, WiseWolfGoldAndSilver.com is our sponsor. And, of course, Wolfpack.Gold membership. you got to check that out, Wolfpack.Gold. Uh, guaranteed silver and gold delivery to your door every month. All right, folks, we appreciate you. Thanks again to Billy Ray Valentine. Uh, you made the show possible. We'll see you guys very soon. Take care of each other. End of transmission.